Even people who've never lived in the separate country of Seattle will sometimes still to this day send me this documentary called Seattle is Dying. And I will send always the th- you know, thank you note when I, I can dig out of emails and write back. And I will tell people Seattle is not, it's not dying. That's the phrase we use for someone who has cancer um, and didn't get it from the mRNA, but got it in a natural way. Um, Cities like Seattle are being murdered. And one of the tools of murder is the soft bigotry of low expectations to murder these cities. And it goes to the three-layer cake scenario we've been talking about with Zach Abraham. This relates to what's going on with finances. Of course, they're trying to blow up the supply chain. The same way they're trying to blow up traditional vaccines. We're watching it. Well, they're also trying to blow up the cities. So how is it that they use the soft bigotry of low expectations to get that done? Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Partner of the week is Soda Weight Loss at sodaweightloss.com. Healthcare providers by background went from one location to seven lickety split because people see it works. It's sodaweightloss.com. Worked out uh, for many, many years with an incredibly strong and incredibly cool guy. His name is Steve Bayless. Um, Steve is a former professional basketball player. And when I was working out with Steve, uh, he was in his mid-60s, early 60s, early 60s. And you wouldn't know it. Um, Steve was genetically so gifted and uh, in terms of work ethic and, and heart. And I loved the gentle lessons he would provide in the gym. Um, Steve had, as I said, been a professional basketball player, happened to be a black man. And he was physically just so imposing. And we were in the gym one day and there were some young kids uh, they're with their older brothers and the older brothers were 18, 19 years old. So they've got the, you know, surging testosterone and they're over at their bench press and they're benching, you know, 185, 225, couple, three times. Not, it's not going to impress anybody who's, you know, a major gym rat, but to the 11 and 12 year old kids, it was a big deal. And that'd be fine. Except that the 18 or 19 year olds were making fun of the 11 to 12 year olds because they couldn't lift it. And of course they couldn't. And this really annoyed Steve. He couldn't stand rude behavior in the gym. Couldn't stand it. And so he interrupted our session. He goes, Todd, can you, can you um, excuse me for just one moment, please? Yeah, sure. And Steve walked over to the bench press. Now, mind you, this is a guy in his early 60s. And at that point, he had a little bit of gray hair. He later shaved his head. And man, you'd think this guy was in his 30s and you would think he was a, uh, you'd think he was a tight end. He was so big and so strong and usually so nice. 
And he walked over to the young guys at the bench press. And he said, hey, guys, um, I didn't wrap up my set. You mind if I jump in real quick and just finish my uh, one more set of bench press? The other ones are busy. And they said, oh, sure, sure, sure. So Steve steps up and he racks onto the bench press 405 pounds. And he lays down. And two of the boys say, you need a lift? He goes, no, I'm good. And Steve benches that, pausing at the bottom. So he unracks 405 pounds, lowers it to his chest, pauses, and does this. (sighs) Yawns. And pushes the weight up. And he does that for five reps, pausing at the bottom. (sighs) Puts the weight back up, five reps. And he gets done, he stands up, he goes, you want me to clean the weights up? And these guys were just stunned. No, sir. All right, then. Thank you. And I'm, I'm watching him. He walks back and he goes, are they looking at me? I said, yeah. He goes, are they scared? I said, yeah. He goes, good. I like them treating their little brothers that way. I asked Steve one time about where he grew up and I asked him about racism. And he told me something that I've heard from um, James Golden you know, as Bo Snurdly from Rush's show, God Rest Rush. I've, I've heard this from um, another guy I used to work out with him, Jerome. Same thing. What Steve told me is, you know what? I'll take the Ku Klux Klan racism over Seattle racism anytime. Anytime. Because I'd much rather have someone in a white hood who just comes right out and says, I hate your guts or calls me the N-word, at least they're honest, at least I can put a peg on them, I know who they are, I know where I need to watch my back. I actually prefer that to the sneaky white guilt racism of Seattle. And I said, have you ever heard the phrase soft bigotry of low expectations? And he laughed, he goes, no, but that's perfect. Soft bigotry. I said, yeah, it's a phrase for, but I think what you're describing, soft bigotry of low expectations, like black people can't be expected to come to, time, come to work on time. And he said, yeah, yeah, that. Because you want to know how many successful NBA players don't make it to practice on time? Like more than twice? I said, I can't imagine any. He goes, no, the only people who make it in the game are, are their first and, and their last. Same thing in the, in the gym. You see, he goes, you ever see me late in the gym? No. I've never seen you late. The soft bigotry of low expectations is this, that the poor, poor blacks, and that's how these people think. The poor blacks can't be expected to show up on time or or not murder people. And the poor Hispanics, they can't be expected to participate in rebuilding their countries, particularly Hispanics of working age, Hispanic men of working age. They got to come here. They they can't be expected to be involved in a revolution to save their country. They have to come here. And let's be honest. I mean, people who think men who think they're women, they're so fragile. We need to have passed laws that people can't speak against that. They're so fragile. The soft bigotry of low expectations are being destroyed, are being used to destroy cities. And what is so often happening is it's neighborhoods with a minority black people in it 
who are being targeted this way. This, this, the most bizarre thing happened over the weekend. You, you probably saw this. <laughs> There's protests on behalf of a guy who was shooting up a neighborhood and happened to shoot into a house. And, and the, the family who survived the shooting, the, the people who survived the shooting, uh, they're, being, they're being destroyed, yelled at, because they called the cops. And they happen to be black and the, and the guy who was doing the shooting who's now deceased happened to have been black. It's, it's mentally ill. And it's being used on purpose. See, the three-layer cake metaphor is this. How is it that people are so stupid that they can't understand when you defund the cops, you have no cops. When you have no cops, you have no law enforcement. When you have no law enforcement, you're not enforcing an, uh, a civil society. You'll end up with a non-civil society. There's no such thing as anarchy. There will always be the strong. What you're doing is you say, you know, absolutely no government, no cops. What you're doing is saying, we, we prefer gangs. We prefer pure muscle. Might is right. That's what we prefer. There's no such thing on this earth. On this earth. None of us are capable of being the just king that Christ Jesus is. So you have these supplicants in government, people like Joe Biden is a supplicant. He doesn't know what day it is. Cammie Harris is is absolutely a supplicant. She can't speak sensically, and, and she's not demented. There's a lot of um, educated idiocy in the Biden regime. They think these things about minorities, people that they consider to be minorities, that they, they just can't be expected to do on their own. Therefore, well, we can't put them in jail. They'll never learn. You know, putting black people in jail, they'll never learn, or, or putting poor people in jail. Because it's not just race, although race is the cudgel they use. We can't keep putting poor people in jail. Poor people should never have to go to jail. There's a thing in, this, in the fallen separate country of Seattle, no youth prisons, no youth jails. No, there's nothing a youth can do seriously enough that they ever have to go to prison, even if they murder three people. Well, they're just a youth. You can't expect poor youth to not go around murdering people. How can we, how can we live with ourselves? At the top of all this, there are people who do get this. They're the ones with extra security. You go try taking a boat up to Bill Gates' house. Try it on Lake Washington. Try it. Try getting within, you know, 100 feet of Gates' house on his waterfront. Try it. Give it a shot. See what happens. See how close you get. Try that at any one of these houses. Give it a shot. They get it. They secure their homes. They've got all sorts of private security, but they're on the side of defund the cops. And then when it starts to break and get, and get serious, you have like Howard Schultz from the, the, the CEO of Starbucks. It breaks my heart to speak ill of Howard. He was so nice to me as a young man, but it's, it's idiocy. Oh, we're shutting down stores because it's, because it's become unsafe. No, it hasn't become unsafe. It's been made unsafe by people you put into, into power. So at the top of this, there's people who understand this is how you do a cultural revolution. This is how you do it. You destroy the solidity of a country by making it chaos everywhere. Chaos in the food lines. Chaos in the kids' minds. Chaos in the cities. Crime is a very typical tactic of cultural revolutions. So is hate the cops. 
and promote the criminals. That's what's going on. So the three-layer scenario is this. On top, there are people who get it. They know exactly what they're doing. They want to flip this country in a cultural revolution because they, got to, they, they, they want to step in. In the middle of that, or on the bottom of that, you have the supplicants. Biden is a supplicant. Um, the dictator of Washington State, Jay Inslee, is a supplicant. Gavin Newsom is a supplicant. Now, they're mobbed up supplicants. I'm not saying that they don't have tentacles, but they're, but they're supplicants, and they're not smart. Jay Inslee is simply not smart. He's a bully. He's a verbal bully, which is why he'll never go on a show like mine because he's a verbal bully and he's not used to people who can deal with verbal bullying. What happens is people get stuck in the middle. That's what happens is it's so often it's the middle class. In this case, it's, it's people who live in the cities in the urban areas. They're stuck in the middle of this. So when people send me the Seattle is dying documentary, which I've seen and I know the people who produced the show, and it's a great show, I just simply say, no, it's not dying, it's being murdered. And there are people who are finding this out for the first time. Now, now thank God she's okay. Honestly, thank the Lord Almighty that Kim Glass is okay, but she's almost not. She was in Los Angeles and made the terrible mistake of, well, you know, living her life. Man, I'm healing, I'm healing. My emotions change every day, mm. a little, you know. Like I'm, really, I'm always really grateful and happy that this didn't turn out as bad as it could have been. But, you know, like, you know, I'll be in the car with someone and someone will come up towards the car. I like freak out sometimes. So every day is a little bit different. I'm still processing this yeah. all. Kim, we just want to remind viewers, this was in downtown Los Angeles. Daylight. Right. And out yeah. of nowhere, you get yes. socked by a 10 inch bolt. And I, I just have to think when, when, yeah. when you think back on that, it has to, there has to be some, something in your mind that's saying, how in the, why in the world did that happen? And when you ask yourself that, how do you answer it? You know, I sat with it. I was thinking about it in the ambulance as I was talking to my mom on FaceTime. And I was like, mom, I don't know why this happened to me. And, and I was like, I, I, there's nothing I could have done to prevent it. You know, like, I think sometimes we get really, we feel like kind of immune when we're walking in the daytime, right? Regardless. And I think about what I could have done. And I don't, for me, I, I feel like I'm always alert and I, there's nothing I could have done to prevent this. You know, I know everyone's out there offering me self-defense classes and how'd you let him get close to you? I'm like, he wasn't close and I could have never predicted this happening. And as I've been home and thinking about this, I said, God, you chose me for a reason, you know? And the reason is one, you know, I'm hard headed, so you knew I was gonna make it. <laughs> and I think, uh, and you know that I still have work to do here. And, um, but also because he had other attackers and there's been other victims around Los Angeles and it keeps on happening. And, and everyone's paying attention to me because I'm an Olympian, right? But these other attackers haven't been, um, the other victims haven't been vindicated, mm. right? Every time someone's being let out on the street again and again, they're doing a disservice. And they're pretty much saying that these victims' traumas were in vain. And now, like, I'm here to, I'm hoping that this doesn't happen to anyone else again. And That's however a, I can help, yeah. I think that's what it, it's, it's a strong message. For. 
This year's on Fox News, obviously. You recognize the voices. And it's. I'm glad that she's speaking up. Obviously, thank the Lord that she's okay. Uh, but it's going to happen again. Because the cities are being murdered. And the three-layer cake applies. The, the so-called district attorney in Los Angeles, if he wanted criminals to have free reign, what would he do differently? If Gavin Newsom wanted criminals to have free reign, what would he do differently? They want this. And the soft bigotry of low expectations is a brilliant tool to get it. And it's not just on crime. You have um, schools like in the separate country of Seattle. They're, they're doing away with any and all advanced placement courses because grades are racism. Therefore, kids who have, you know, promising futures for, for high-end college, for whatever that's worth these days, they, they can't get in because they can't get into AP classes because they don't exist. Next is grades itself. And I'm not kidding. Next is grades itself. No grades. Because, hey, I mean, who wants to grade teaching kids how to masturbate? So this stuff is tied to the cultural revolution. Now, she's a, 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 an athlete, a NASCAR driver who was on his way up, and I think very well respected. Bobby East was 37 when he was stabbed to death at a California gas station. Oh, by, by, by guess what? A multiple time criminal with guess what? A bunch of facial tattoos. And this guy should have been in prison, but no, the separate country of California doesn't do that because, oh, what will be the story on, on this guy? You know, he's homeless. Okay, well, you can't, have, you can't expect homeless people to not stab people. They're homeless. Oh, pardon me, they're houseless. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. They're unhoused. This is how you get a cultural revolution because what happens is voters, many voters will look and say, that's it, the country's falling apart, it's done. It doesn't work. America doesn't work. They'll get an opportunity to say, see what capitalism does? See what capitalism does? See what the prison culture does? See what over-policing does? When none of those things are true. Now, this is not just in Los Angeles. I mentioned this case about this, this woman who survived a shooting. A guy uh, by the name of Andrew Talco Sunberg was apparently going around shooting up neighborhoods this woman and her kids survived. You'll hear from her. Plus, it's still happening in Seattle. And yeah, it's and over the weekend in Seattle, there was more BLM Antifa violence, this time targeting cops again. And cops are injured again. And there are 500 cops light in Seattle, 500 cops. And they're trying hiring bonuses to bring them back. To bring cops back. Mind you, we just three weeks ago interviewed a great cop who was, she, she had to quit because of the injections, which they want. On one hand, they're kicking out great cops. On the other hand, they're handing out bonuses to bring in substandard cops because to be frank with you, right now, only substandard cops will go take a job in Seattle or Portland or Los Angeles or, or, or in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it's Minnesota where this case happened. This is the most bizarre and infuriating audio. I think you'll ever hear. And it is a woman who, again, her name is um, Arabella Foss Yarbrough. She survived the shooting and a bunch of people came and decided that they would protest outside of her home. And by the way, 
One of the people, a couple of the people yelling at her are white. And she appears to be black. Phenomenal. Hey, the uh, ToddHermanShow.com store is open. We're putting together the contest now for people who are buying the t-shirts. And here's what, here's what you get to do is you go and you go to the Todd Herman Show site. That's the ToddHermanShow.com. There is at the top of that site, a link to the store. And that link obviously take you to the store. The t-shirts say, um, the only knee we take is to the Lord. There's two varieties of shirts. We're starting small. We'll go to more varieties of shirts as the show grows. They're 29 bucks. We make 10 bucks off of each shirt. There you go. There's the transparency. For people who are buying the shirt, please put them on social media. Tag yourself when you get them. And what we're going to do is put together some private events for people who get the t-shirts. Now we have to randomize this. And otherwise, um, if we, 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 there's rules we have to do to not make it a, a, a lottery. So there's legal things we have to do. So we'll figure out a way to choose these. And we're going to put some private events together. You and I will get a chance to chat, to chat and talk. And I look forward to that. So it's the ToddHermanShow.com. That's the store. These are also great gifts to give to people who are new to the show. It's a conversation starter. There's already people who are looking at the design saying, okay, uh, what about ToddHermanShow.com tattoos? Well, no. No, we're, we're not going to get into the tattoo business. Well, wait a minute. Why, why wouldn't we? Oh, that's right. I don't have tattoos. But if you want to tattoo that on you, no, don't. Do not. Don't you dare. Please don't ever do that. Uh, only nay we take just to the Lord. Pick a Bible verse. If you're going to get a tattoo, make it a Bible verse. It's the ToddHermanShow.com. This is this mother who survived a shooting and it's insanity. And she knows it's insanity. And it's in, it's in Minnesota. So the George Floyd thing is big there, but this isn't a George Floyd thing. As she points out, this is a woman who has been terrorized in her home by a criminal spraying bullets. Thank God. The Lord, she survived and her kids have survived. But these people show up to protest. And there's this old, I shouldn't say old, he's my age, white dude in her face trying to explain to her that, no, no, we're here for you. That's the soft bigotry of low expectations. Hey, black lady, I've never lived in a neighborhood like yours, but I'm here for you. This protest is for you and your kids, black lady. Well, it happens that I have lived in a majority black neighborhood. And when I say that, I mean, I was one of two white people within a 16 block range. I have lived in neighborhoods where there's shootings. I have seen the results. I've seen a dead man in an elevator. I was, as I told you once, kidnapped at gunpoint from outside my building. I've seen, I lived in a neighborhood where when you drove down the street at 10 o'clock at night, there were people carrying TVs and stereos when stereos were a thing. I've seen it. I've lived it. Doesn't make me black, but it makes me aware of the fact that there's a bunch of people in that neighborhood who don't want that life. There's a bunch of people in these neighborhoods saying, we need more cops. But the soft bigotry of low expectations is, no, you don't. No, no. Let us white people come here. Hey, 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 black lady, shut up and listen to me, white man. I'm, I'm here for your own good. You know, now you shut up and you listen to white man. That's one thing. 
sorry to make it about race, but it's offensive because this guy thinks he's the, he, he's the anti-racist and it's a black lady saying, leave, give me some peace. My kids are up there. Why are you protesting for this guy? He's some kind of hero. Well, George Floyd was a hero. He was when he put a gun to the, to the stomach of a pregnant woman. And then in the background, you hear this voice. This woman saying, I just survived the shooting. There's bullet holes in my wall. Listen to the nagging little voice. And it sounds like it's the person holding the cell phone. And it sounds like a young smuggrel. It was a terror. I'm sure it was a terror. Okay. You're lying. Okay. Shut up. Okay. Just let it go. Grief and silence. This is not okay. This is not a George Floyd situation. George Floyd was unarmed. He was unarmed. You're alive. This is not okay. My kids have to deal with this and probably have a mental illness now because they almost lost their life. There's bullet holes in my kitchen How do because you know? he sat in the f***ing hallway watching my move. Did you did you hear the voice in the background? She's saying there's bullet holes in my wall. Not in you, black lady. Not in you, black lady. See, the soft bigotry of low expectations is also used as a mental cudgel with people who have utterly empty lives. Utterly empty. How else do you find your way down to a neighborhood where you've never been with people you don't know and you arrive with your four-year college degree in sociology and whatever studies and you got your cell phone out and you're filming and you're there for justice and the people who live in the building are pointing out that this guy was not a nice man. This guy was not a hero. He's not to be lionized. And well, I mean, it is probably a 45 minute drive from the George Floyd statue. George Floyd, the humanitarian, George Floyd, the peacemaker. Can you imagine if, what if they just made Charles Manson? What if they just put up a poster, Charles, or um, they, they put up a, um, a statue of Charles Manson? There's your, there's your white hope. Why? Who is poor? Charles Manson was poor. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. That's right. Charles Manson uh, ate out of garbage cans. His mom was a prostitute. True story. His mom was a prostitute. He ate out of garbage cans. He used to be in the room when his mom turned tricks. It was horrible. Horrible upbringing. But let's have a statue of him. He killed people. Let's put a statue up. Now, I'm saying that George Floyd went around killing people. No, almost. And, but he's the great hope for the black community in, in Minnesota. It's just remarkable. That's it. And it's not, these cities are not being, they're not dying. They're being murdered. This is not from last, <laughs> this is not from four years ago uh, when Antifa and Black Lives Matter Incorporated through the soft bigotry of low expectations as a cudgel got to go into Seattle and seize six blocks and rape people and beat people. There were two murderers of black young people. One was an 18-year-old. Another was legally a child, murdered black people. They got to seize neighborhoods adjacent to black neighborhoods. They got to destroy businesses. They got to do this in the name of racial justice. They got to wreck 46 or 50, 40, 45 or 50 Asian businesses were wrecked. They never talk about that. 
And this is your cultural revolution. You put that on the back of a, of a limp woman like Jenny Durkin, the former mayor. And Jenny Durkin is the same person as Gavin Newsom, is the same person as Cammie Harris. And neither of them, neither of them understand the true nature of love. None of them. Because they can't, because they're absolutely divorced from the, they're, they're absolutely divorced from the Father God. They, 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 they've cut themselves from the vine. Now, the Lord can rejoin them to the vine. The Gentiles were grafted onto the vine of Israel by the Lord because he took, you know, he, he, I don't know if he took pity, but he made a decision. He wants us all saved. But these people like Gavin Newsom, Jenny Durkin, they're the same person. They've removed themselves from the vine. So they can't have knowledge of true love. You put that on her back. Hey, where's a billion bucks? I mean, after all, they're black. We can't expect them to work. And, and the Bible's pretty clear on that as well. Those who cannot work, the least of these, we are to care for them. I was hungry. You did not feed me, the Lord said. Those who won't work, don't eat. Also in the Bible, because we're expected to toil because that's, that's a result of the sin problem. We didn't used to have to work in the Garden of Eden. So here is this weekend in Seattle, a mob once again went around breaking things, windows, starting fires. They ambushed cops. They injured 12 cops. And just like in Portland, cops aren't allowed to stop them. Now, why aren't cops allowed to stop them? Because of the soft bigotry of low expectations as a cudgel. And because the people in Seattle, the people like Jay Inslee, the people like Mayor Jenny and the new mayor, Bruce Harrell, who is the supplicant of all supplicants. That man is, is a professional supplicant. That man is the, if you were going to go pick go along, get along guy, it would be Bruce Harrell. He is go along, get along guy. He's the new mayor. He also will not allow the cops to, you know, defend themselves. This is a police officer speaking, a public information officer. God protect her. About three hours later, a secondary group of uh, demonstrators showed up and they were uh, carrying baseball bats. That group then marched south uh, on Fifth Avenue towards the headquarters building. And while en route to the SPD headquarters building, the group uh, damaged businesses along the way. They also damaged the old federal courthouse that's on Fifth Avenue. Once the group reached headquarters, they graffitied the headquarters building and then they graffitied the municipal court building, broke all of the lower windows out there. Um, the group then headed back uh, north on Third Avenue, all of the while continuing to damage businesses along the way. Um, individuals in the group appeared to target Starbucks and Amazon. Um, both as they were heading towards headquarters and heading uh, back northbound. Well, thank goodness there wasn't an insurrection. I mean, that's all I'm saying. I mean, thank goodness AOC was not afraid of this. I mean, what's some stores? Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, there is attacking cops, but that's, that's okay. That's not an insurrection. That's not a federal building. Oh, and the, the federal building in Portland where they got to attack him for almost two years. I mean, that's just, that's in Portland. That's not even America, which is not. These happenings 
are not accidental. You can tell the seriousness of any Republican by a whole series of questions. You know my litmus test, uh, my, my religious litmus test, and I do have one, and I'm fine with it. I stand by it. If it's a tie between two uh, conservative conservatives, I'll take the conservative Christian every single time, every single time, as long as it's a true faith. Here's another easy litmus test for these people. Hey, um, are there people in government attempting to destroy the United States of America? Yes or no? Oh, there are? Name them. Name the people in government who are participating in the destruction of the United States of America very, very purposely in order to flip it in a cultural revolution so they come out with more power. Who are they? Name them. If you won't name them or can't, then you have absolutely no capacity to lead us through this because if you can't name your enemy, you can't fight your enemy. Our enemy, incidentally, is not flesh and blood. Our enemy our spirits and principalities who are inhabiting flesh and blood. And on the three-layer cake theory, this scheming evil people, yes, I do think they're possessed. I, you, you sponsor murder of the unborn. You sponsor chemical and surgical mutilation of children. You sponsor making kids angry, racist little sex bots. You sponsor forcing people to get needle raped. You sponsor not putting criminals in prison. You sponsor letting rapists go into women's prisons because they pretend to be women. You sponsor legalization of fentanyl. You sponsor open borders. You attract cartels to the country. You are seeking murder and chaos and mayhem. You're a liar, a thief, and a murderer. And who was the father of all that stuff? Who started that? I shouldn't call him a father because he's not. Who started that? The snake. And then below that, on the bottom, you have supplicants like the people in Seattle. Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, um, has announced that they're closing 16 stores. He said the most ridiculous thing. America has become unsafe. No, Mr. Schultz, with all due respect, because you were so very good to me when I was a young man, I will tell you, sir, America is not becoming unsafe. America is being attacked from within, from people you sponsor, you elect. <laughs> the way you run your company, you are participating in all this, Howard. And there's companies that are not participating in all of this. Bulwark Capital Management doesn't participate in any of this. They're very, very careful about how they steward monies. And that goes down uh, to the level of making sure that they don't go out and do investments in companies like, you know, uh, Netflix, for instance, because it has such ungodly content. And for a lot of companies, that would be very, very disruptive to a financial model. But at Bulwark Capital Management, they're hedged upon everything. They've got such complete models. Why? Because at Bulwark Capital Management, the name of the game is risk management. You can hear Zach explain that in any of his free workshops. He does online workshops. You can hear the radio show, New Your Risk Radio. You can hear his tactics, his strategies. He's an open book. He talks often on our program about how fixed the financial system is because he's an honest man. If you have a financial advisor who will not tell you the system is fixed, then he thinks you can't handle the truth or she, she's not telling you 
then she doesn't know it's fixed. Man, that's dangerous. So if you are five to 10 years from retirement, man, you're in that risk zone. We really need to make sure that you're all, all taken care of on the risk management front. Zach said something last week that blew my mind. And now I have to rethink myself. He said, yeah, I want people to invest in bulwark capital management. Absolutely, but not all your money. Keep some of your money away from us in case I have a bad year. Who says that? Well, my friend, my brother, Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management says that because he is that honest. Just call him at 866-779-RISK. Really, especially if you're in that window, five to 10 years from retirement, man, it's so important. 866-779-RISK. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor, representative of Czech Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Anytime you do not create proper expectations for people, they'll be shown a pattern. The pattern is you don't have to do anything. And worse, when you show to criminals, you get whatever you want, they'll take whatever they want. And that's exactly what cultural revolutions do. They empower the criminals. They also uh, make racism and scapegoating official policy. The people who run Joe Biden are back to using um, race and gender quotas, whatever gender is, in infrastructure contracts. This, this is the infrastructure law. 2021 infrastructure law has been challenged by an immigrant who fled communist Romania in the $1.2 trillion act. Uh, we'll vote for that. We're staying away from social issues. Uh, that's a good bill. That's a bipartisan bill. The $1.2 trillion act, $37 billion fund reserved for small businesses owned by certain minorities and women. And incidentally, no one who works for the Biden regime can, can describe what a woman is, not a single one of them. So how on earth they give this money to women? No one knows. Christian Buckner is, and this is from Illegal Insurrection. I always love those guys. Just God bless Professor, the professor runs that place. Christian Buckner is an immigrant and disabled small business owner from Tampa, Florida. His parents fled communist Romania in the 70s when he was seriously injured in a car accident in 1989. He owns Project Management Corporation, a small business that, that fulfills government contracts, including those available under the recently passed infrastructure law. By virtue of his race, despite being a Romanian immigrant, he does not qualify. And his gender, men do not qualify. Buckner is unable to compete for the $37 billion in infrastructure contracts. Now, living aside the fact that I don't like businesses that like this gentleman runs, a business that fulfills contracts is basically a middleman with all due respect to Mr. Buckner. Buckner, perhaps he does it differently. But I've seen these stand-up businesses many, many times in D.C. I had a friend of mine whose dad was a college professor. All he did was write responses to the grants and then hand them out to businesses and take a rake. Man, it was a nasty business, but he made so much money. But yeah, he doesn't get to compete in this because he's white, even though he's an immigrant. See, this is the other part of this. You get these supplicants like Biden. Oh, well, yeah, yeah you know, just black people are just as smart uh, 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 entrepreneurs as, uh, as white people. They just don't know how to find lawyers. You know, for black people, finding a lawyer, 
I mean, where are you going to find a lawyer when you're worried about, uh, you know, having to go out and, and pick food from the trees and, uh, and avoid the Tasmanian devils and lions? Uh, and, you know, those hippos are dangerous, too. They got the black. I mean, I know some black people live in cities now. Some of them work at 7-Elevens and are displacing the Indian Americans that you need a sliding in accent to go get a donut at a, at a donut shop. He's a supplicant. In his mind, such as it is, he's doing what's right. And they can't see. They, they, they live in their own Tower of Babel. Tower of Bubble. Let's make sure that we give these contracts to women. Uh, Mr. President, what's a woman? Uh, I don't know. Jill, are you a woman? Joe, we've talked about this. We don't talk about this in public. Oh, sorry. Hunter says you're a woman, but he has a nasty name for you. Hunter calls you the C word. He does. Hunter does, by the way. Call his uh, stepmom that. So the three-layer cake. What's the recipe? Well, it's an old recipe. It's Cloud Piven. Yeah, we're not supposed to talk about that anymore. Don't talk about that and talk radio. That's like the Kennedy shooting, except that it's happening, except that Cloud Piven is how to take down the American system, flood its systems. With, well, but by, I mean, show me one area, one, one area where they're flooding the system. We had a chance to talk to some of these migrants from Venezuela, and they are thanking President Biden. Take a listen. He's a good president with so much help that he's given us. It's been very difficult what's happened to us. Our trip has been very hard. Thank God we're here. We thank you for receiving us and treating us well. And we are to treat sojourners well. We are. You meet a sojourner, you're to treat them as if they're a member of your town. Feed them, give them water, welcome them in love. They're our brothers and sisters. We want them to be in the family of Christ. That's our job. And they're supposed to follow our laws. See, you can't have actual compassion without actual discipline. Can't. No discipline, no compassion. When you are lenient, when you should be firm, you'll eventually be cruel when you should be kind. It's a twisting of a Hebrew statement. Hebrew saying, you can't have true compassion without discipline. You just, you, you let people, you serve people constantly. You never ask them to do anything. You bring illegal immigrants into the country and you say, what can we bring you? How, can, how quickly can we get you to $62,000 a year in cash and in kind, other sorts of things we give you? Let's go with the free school. Let's go with the free health care. Um, Gavin Newsom's on that. Let's, let's get you free health care. Let's get you a free place to live because housing is a right. Seattle's on that. Let's get you federal uh, welfare and everybody's on that. And But let's make sure that you don't vote because that would be, you know, we don't want you voting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so about that. That voting thing. Do you remember last, well, it was about, 
three weeks ago, I went really in depth into what, um, what the Federalist is tracking. And the Federalist editor-in-chief is named Molly Hemingway. I once did an hour of radio with Molly. It was fun. Um, she is, she's written the book Rigged, which is about the rigged election. She is tracking exactly how the, the people who run Joe Biden have him rigging this next election. Now, how does this relate to Cloward Piven? Flood the systems, flood it with ballots, flood it with unsigned ballots, flood it with, with ballots where the signatures don't match, flood the country with people who try to vote and aren't legally allowed, create laws in municipalities where people who don't live in this country get to vote, flood that system. How do you not have fraud? You always end up in fraud. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about, you know, kidnappings and, um, and, 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 and violence against women. And, and she said, yeah, but it was in a really public place. And there were a lot of people and I go, oh my gosh, perfect. No one's paying attention. You know, if you're all alone, yeah, that's a danger. You're out running around and, and running trail running and you're by yourself. You bet that's a danger. Carry and, and know how to use. But man, you're in a crowded shopping parking lot. There's hundreds of people going in and out of their cars and back and forth. And hey, I hate to say it, but most people aren't observant. So that the, the evil gets to hide in this stuff. So the complexities that are being installed and that, well, it's, it's racist to check voter ID. And all these things are the same thing as what's being done to the cities, but at a grand national scale. You don't control who gets into your country. Well, guess what? Guess what happens when you don't control who gets into your country? You don't control who gets into your country. Guess who knows this? The sex, the, the, the human traffickers. You want to know what's more profitable than drug trafficking? Human trafficking. Want to know why? Because you can only take fentanyl once. You can have you can rape a sex trafficking victim or have that sex trafficking victim raped 20 times a day for 10 years or, or eight years. And it's, and, and you are less likely to go to prison. They know this. Tell me that the evil scheming people on top of this aren't evil and scheming. Tell me that the, that, that Satan himself doesn't smile upon these activities. We'll get to what Molly is talking about in terms of the rigging of the vote this time, using the federal government to do it, which is, by the way, something Barack Obama invented with Obamacare. Obamacare was also a get-out-the-vote scheme that gave voter data to leftist organizing groups. Whew, man, walked in here kind of... Walked in today kind of thinking, man, I don't pull myself together and do a show. I was tired. All of a sudden, this stuff spins me up. Really does. Uh, just seeing cities destroyed. Oh, I was supposed to do something else. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about soda weight loss. I, I, I've I, seen people, see, my life is encompassed in gyms, church, home, and trail running. In the studio. I mean, that's my life. My life is the studio, home, church, gym, trail running. 
And, and once a week I go to my, uh, my pizza place and that those days vary. That's it. That's my life. Reading, studying. That's my life. High mountains of free America. So I don't get out as much as I used to, but I notice things. And I was in the gym this weekend and I noticed a, a man who's in the gym working so, so hard. And man, is he heavy. And I have tremendous respect. This incidentally, this past week was the first time I got to use two arms in a workout since my injury. So I was feeling, I was feeling pretty good. And I was watching this gentleman and he's working so, so hard. And I had an opportunity, kind of bumped shoulders and said, hey, how are you doing? I haven't met before and introduced myself. And just, I'm Todd, nice to meet you. Welcome to the gym. Are you new? Yeah, I'm new in the area and just trying to get back in the gym. I got this terrible back injury and I'm just getting back into this. And, and I'm listening to this and uh, not to be rude because again, my dad was obese. I was 150 pounds heavier. I know what it's like. I know, I just, I know the struggle. I know it so well. And he said, yeah, I just, I'm trying to lose this weight. And I said, can I, can I, can I introduce something to you? I said, I, I don't sell anything. I don't, I'm not, this isn't about making money. I don't, I, 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 I have a client it's called soda weight loss. And I explained this to him and I explained how it works. And eventually I could tell he was into it when he got on his phone. He says, what is it? You know what got him? As I said, I bet you're trying to keep muscle. He said, yeah, I do. I said, look, I'm looking at you, man. You are strong. You're strong like an ox. And I, I, man, and I showed him a picture. I went through my phone. I said, this is how I used to look. And I showed him a picture. I said, wow. I go, yeah, I get it, man. And I told him what I've now been telling you. I can't believe I waited this long to tell you. Soda Weight Loss is the official fat loss partner of the Dallas Cowboys. So if that guy I just described, if that's you, male or female, whatever that means, if that's you, you're in the gym, you're chugging, you're killing, you're putting in work, but the fat won't leave your body, please go to sodaweightloss.com. They're going to pay attention. They're going to hear your workouts and go, okay, so you burn a lot of calories. You really want to maintain this muscle. Well, you know what? We're about to make your workout life more fun. We're about to make you more athletic. They're going to tell you how much fat you can drop from your body each week safely. That, that, that equates into how much money you'll invest in this. They'll take you through the whole process, including food, consultations. You'll work with the nutritionist. It's sodaweightloss.com. It stands for state-of-the-art. Sodaweightloss.com. So Molly Hemingway was on with the only guy in cable news who still says that this was uh, the election was rigged. Of course, that's Tucker Carlson. She's talking now about the new way of rigging the election. President Biden issued an executive order telling all 600 federal agencies to submit plans about how they could engage in a federal takeover of elections. You might remember that when Democrats took control of the Senate and the White House, they had a uh, their signature legislation was a federal takeover of, of election administration. Now, they failed to do that. This appears to be something of a backup plan where they can get involved in all sorts of election-related activities using the bureaucracy. And there are so many problems with this. I mean, first and foremost, it's unconstitutional. The Constitution is very clear that it is given to state legislatures to handle election administration in their states. It's also really unethical. I mean, you noted that people are desperately trying to find out exactly what these plans 
plans are and they're not being given details, but details are starting to come out. And it appears that at that point where government benefits meet with the people, they are taking advantage of that opportunity, you know, whether it's a homeless shelter or whether it's food distribution programs or health programs as a way to do this federal overtaking of election administration. Um, and it also is a recipe for chaos and confusion. Um, it, you know, each state has different laws and the idea that federal bureaucrats who don't even necessarily do a great job with what they're supposed to be doing could manage all those intricacies is, you know, it's delusional. And it's just a very disruptive thing to our system at a time when the entire country needs to have confidence and belief that the elections are secure. Yeah, Lab, I'll be getting to that belief right after there's a whole bunch of things they can do. There's 10 things they can do for me to ever believe in the elections again. And there's 10 things they're not going to do unless it's the state of Florida or Texas. Now, of all the cloud piven. Of all the cultural revolution, what is most disgusting and, and, and most, and not, not, not even most likely, but absolutely, absolutely going to fail is the attempt to take over the Christian faith. Now, people have to be watchful for this. This is on us. We, we have to be really watchful on this. I've been sharing over the past few weeks this George Barna study on biblical worldview. The party is stealing what it means to be a Christian from people's minds. They're stealing it from your kids. I've talked about the new prevailing worldview that people hold is called a syncretism. This is where it's mishmash. I call my mom a cafeteria Catholic with all the love in the world. She's a cafeteria Catholic. When there's parts of the Catholic faith she likes, she embraces it. That's the word of God. Where there's parts she doesn't like, she says, that's not the word of God. Syncretism. So this is where you get the coexist bumper strips. Let's just coexist. Sure, right. Let's do that with people trying to kill us. Good, good idea. Or you get the, well, um, heaven is a, is a destination. Therefore, there's all sorts of pathways there. Really? Sometimes there's rooms with one door. Right? Sometimes there's only one door in. And it's not a walking pathway. It's not a, hey, here's the road to heaven. Walk on this road for this long. That's not it. It's far more complex. So the left is doing a very, very good job of stealing from people what it means to be a Christian. And they're doing that and turning to people like Raphael Warnick. And next hour, I want to dig into this a bit about what they're doing with people like Warnick and how they're using him, because it occurred to me that it is a similar thing. It's similar to Cloward Piven. And uh, what informs me is, I, I think, the basic values that are in all the grand uh, religious traditions. Okay, just think about that. This is a Christian pastor, right? All the grand what? And uh, what informs me is, I, I think, the basic values that are in all the grand uh, religious traditions uh, who in some way or another say, love your neighbor as yourself. So all the grand religious traditions, this is another bit of modernism. Moralistically therapeutic theism. It's a big, big mouthful. Moralistically therapeutic theism. This is the way that you believe in God without believing in God. Just imagine your whole life you're using moralistically therapeutic theism. I'm a good person, so God loves me. I'll go to heaven. 
and you sit at the throne of judgment, you die and suddenly you're awake again. Suddenly you sit at a throne of judgment. And you say to this being that you now recognize because your entire being will recognize, my gosh, this is God. I'm in front of God. And you look around, there's a lot of other souls, a lot of other people. And it's your turn. Well, there's eternity. You're not going anywhere. And perhaps the Lord just does this all at once. But to us, it seems individual because he could do that. And you go and you face God. And you say, I was a really good person. And he says, did you feed my sheep? Pardon? Did you make disciples? I don't, I don't know what that is. I wrote about it in the Bible. I never, but all religions are the same. And I watched it. I watched the chosen. There are always two possible futures. There's the future of America where we do not turn our face back to God. And we continue to pretend that we can fix this all. As Satan marches through our cities, we can pretend that. There's the other future where we turn to the Lord and say, there's evil. Father God, repel these demons. Then there's the future where we actually pick up our cross. And say, yeah, man, making disciples is hard. You know what? You make disciples you get the greatest consolation prize in history. If you make disciples in America, you get your country back. Greatest consolation prize in history. You put up the cross, you carry it daily. You get the only prize that matters and that's eternity with God. And when you sit at that judgment throne and the Lord says, did you feed my sheep? And you say, Lord, you worked through me to feed your sheep. I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't have the capacity, but you worked through me. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And let's get about the business of studying God's word so that we cannot have it stolen from our minds.